Welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat, the podcast where we take animals you see every day, animals you've heard of, and animals you didn't know existed, and break them down in a single episode. Our goal as animal lovers is to spread knowledge and awareness about the creatures we share this floating rock with. We hope you learn something new. Hello and welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat. I'm Jack. I'm Julia. And I'm Colton. And Julia, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about the horseshoe crab. All right, and Julia, why don't you tell us what the horseshoe crab looks like? So general appearance-wise, it has this kind of outer shell, um, and I would say it kind of looks like almost like a ray-type shape, except it has a hard shell with a spiky tail. And then when you actually flip it over... It has almost these crab-like legs, um, and as well as some other uh, where it sources like organs and stuff like that underneath its shell. Yeah, and as far as the underside goes, they do have about ten legs that are very crab-like, and two front mandibles called pedipalps. Now, these aren't counted as legs. They're actually a um, appendage used for feeding themselves. And we keep saying crab, and it is called the horseshoe crab, and then you also hear us say it has ten legs. Well, that is because it's actually not a crab at all. Uh, we say it is very crab-like because that's about the closest thing looks-wise that it is. But actually, the closest family member to a horseshoe crab are arachnids. So spiders, scorpions, ticks, mites. Those are the closest things. So the crab is really just because of what it looks like. It's actually in a family all of its own. It's the last surviving species of its family. It's the only thing like it. But its closest relative is arachnid. And then, Julia, why don't you tell us about its size, too? Yeah, so generally these crabs grow up to about a foot and a half on average, including, like I said, that little spike that comes off with it. They can grow up to be almost three feet long, and this is a species where the males are smaller than the females. So we already mentioned that they're close to arachnids, and that's how spiders are. The females are always bigger than the males. And they can actually weigh up to 11, sometimes even 15 pounds, so they can get pretty large. And we've talked about this before, that term that Julia is referring to when she talks about the difference in sizes. It's called sexual dimorphism. It's where we see a difference in traits between the sexes of a creature. And some more words that I got to learn doing this, and I think uh, people can appreciate, are the three sections of the horseshoe crab. Uh, usually you with other insects and whatnot, you know, you think uh, head, abdomen, thorax sort of thing. Well, with the horseshoe crab, it's also divided into three sections. The first section is called the prosoma, which is the head of the horseshoe crab. The middle section is called the opisthosoma, or the abdomen. And then the third section is the horseshoe crab's tail, which is called the telson. And then moving on from what they look like, we're going to talk about where they are found, and I'll let Julia take care of that. Yeah, so there are actually multiple species of horseshoe crab, and again, it's the thing where they're similar enough to talk about in general. So the first species can be found um, off the east coast of the U.S. in the Atlantic Ocean. The other three species are found in Southeast Asia and areas like China, Japan, India, and Indonesia. All right, so then we know where they're found, and then so next we're going to talk about is what they eat, and I'll turn that over to Colton. Yeah, horseshoe crabs, like we said, they have those special mandibles that they use to kind of 
grab and scavenge for food, and anything that's kind of small that they can fit in their mouth, things like worms and clams and sometimes algae. They'll go through the sand and use those special mandibles to dig through and grab it and feed themselves. And the other thing I thought was interesting, too, is uh, it's the whole idea of they don't have teeth. There's a lot of animals in the world that do not have teeth, and they all have a different way of uh, kind of breaking up food. And the way the horseshoe crab does it is by literally crushing it with its legs. Gets things in between its legs and crushes it, which honestly I thought was kind of ironic, too, being that it has the word crab in its name. And that's how we humans eat crab, is we crush it, and then we eat it. And then moving on from diet, we're going to talk about the breeding. And again, I'll turn that one over to Colton, too. Yeah, during the breeding season, um, the horseshoe crabs actually migrate over to the shallow coastal waters. This is where you can really see the difference between the males and the females. The smaller male will go after the larger females and latch onto their backs and fertilize the eggs. You also see a lot of other males surrounding one female called satellite males that will also fertilize the eggs that are... And when the female actually lays these eggs, she lays thousands at a time, and she can lay between 60,000 and 120,000 in total. But most are eaten by birds before hatching, which is why we don't have an abundance of horseshoe crabs running around our oceans, pretty much. And the eggs will take about two weeks to hatch, and the babies will actually molt six times in the first year of their life as they are growing. Um, and they are born pretty small. I mean, only like an inch to a couple of inches long. And uh, another little fun fact is that evidence suggests that the horseshoe crabs will only mate in the waters where they were actually hatched at. And we can't exactly prove how or why, um, but we have seen this happen before. And we've also talked about this fact before that I'm bringing up. Uh, so Julia mentioned how many eggs they lay. And it's, again, that whole idea of they're playing a numbers game. The horseshoe crab is heavily preyed upon in the egg uh, and when they're very young. So the whole idea is playing that numbers game, have a ton of young, hoping some of them survive, rather than a few knowing that they will survive. And Julia mentioned the molting process that horseshoe crabs go through. And it is to shed that exoskeleton and keep gro- as they keep growing. And uh, they will go through about 17 molts during their entire development lifetime. Um, they reach maturity at about 10 years of age, which is about, that's bre- the age of uh, breeding about then. And that's when they'll really kind of peak growing and they won't molt as much. Um, so that's around 10 years of age. And we've seen documented cases of horseshoe crabs living in excess of 20 years, which it, I think is really cool for something like a crab, the fact that they are able to live that long. And then as they are going through their their life stages in development, there are uh, numerous things that prey on the horseshoe crab, and I'll let Colton talk about those. Yeah, the adult horseshoe crabs typically are preyed upon by things like sharks and sea turtles, though most of the horseshoe crabs' uh, mortality rate comes in when they're babies, meaning you'll see a lot of birds, lizards, and fish eating the eggs and the small hatchlings that come out. And there are certain parts of the world that people actually eat horseshoe crab, which does put a damper on their population. And that's really a lot of the more technical stuff that we have on the horseshoe crab. Everything from here on out is kind of more like uh, fun facts or just things that are interesting about the horseshoe crab. And I'll let Julia start us off on that. Yeah, so the first one is they actually have 10 eyes spread out around their body, which are extremely sensitive to light and... When you look at one, you can see two pairs of eyes on the shell itself, but they also have some throughout their body, including on their tail. And these aren't really eyes. They're mostly just like sensitive sensitive spots, sensitive pads that can sense 
light and vibrations and stuff like that. And then another fun fact is that they are very unaggressive. They ve- they look very creepy and very intimidating, but they are a very unaggressive species. And their spiky tail is mostly just there to flip them back over if they get on their back. Another pretty cool fact about the horseshoe crab is that they are pretty much a living fossil. We actually have fossil records of horseshoe crabs dating back as far as 240 million years. And again, they come from a very extinct family called Xiphosaura. And this is the, like I said, the only living member left is the horseshoe crab. There used to be ones previously, such as the sea scorpion, but they are now extinct. And then what is probably the most important and interesting fact about the horseshoe crab is the blood that it has. And I'll let Julia and Colton both kind of tackle this on. So, yeah, their blood um, is actually used in science all the time. Um, It is very important to all of us, I'm sure, whether we know it or not. But it actually helps develop vaccines. They have a special blood cell that actually clots around bacteria. So each time we get a vaccine, we know there's no bacteria in it because of horseshoe crab's blood. Yeah, their blood is actually so sought after that annually, it's estimated about 500,000 per year are actually harvested for their blood. And this does put a little bit of a damper on their mortality rates. Um, ones that are harvested, it's about a 3 to 15% mortality rate for ones that are taken into captivity. Yeah, and the horseshoe crab's blood has a very specific color. It's a very interesting blue. It's because their blood is makes use of hemocyacin as opposed to hemoglobin. And it has a very high copper content. This causes the blood, when we're um, exposed to oxygen, to turn blue. And then this uh, blood clotting agent that Julia was talking about is called alimulus amebocyte lysate. I'm probably saying that wrong, um, but it's also better known as LAL. Uh, that is what is more commonly known as. And it is pretty much used in any cleaning sterilization process of any medicine, research lab, hospital. It's the best way to know if there is bacterial toxins present because of that clumping of that material. Another fun fact about them, when these animals are taken in or caught from the wild to have their blood extracted, they can actually survive anywhere from one to three days as long as their gills are kept moist before they have to be returned to the ocean. And that really wraps up a lot of uh, all we have on the horseshoe crab. Really the last thing to talk about is the conservation status, and I'll let Julia handle that. So it is really hard to know the exact number of horseshoe crabs. Um, But there is some evidence that they are spawning less. And this is mostly due to habitat loss and destruction, um, being harvested for fish food or for bait, and the blood harvesting that we talked about earlier. And in certain parts um, on the east coast of the U.S., their spawning rate is only about one-third the size that it usually is. So we're not exactly sure why it's that low, but there are some conservation efforts in place in parts of America and Asia. And also, if you ever see a horseshoe crab in person, never pick it up by its tail. Its tail is very important in helping it flip over if it gets on its back, so never pick one up by its tail. And really, this goes for almost any animal we talk about. Don't interact with them. Usually, the best the best course of action is let them be. Horseshoe crabs are especially wanted. Just let them be. And that about covers it for the horseshoe crab. Thank you, for everyone, for listening and tuning in. Next week, we are going to be talking about the Goliath tigerfish. And don't forget to follow us on all our socials, which you can find linked in the description below.
I'd also like to thank my friend, the musical artist known as Shades, for creating this amazing intro and outro for this podcast. I highly recommend checking out his other work.